Welcome to the sermon podcast of First Church of Christ, where our goal is to lead generations into a life-changing, ever-growing relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. Merry Christmas, y'all. It's good to see all of your pretty faces here on Christmas Day. And if you're joining us online, we're really glad that you're joining us, but we can't see your pretty faces. So I don't know, maybe take a picture on social and post it, tag us so we can see your pretty faces this morning. So we celebrate Christmas Day because of many reasons, but the the foundational thing is um, that, that because of Jesus and because of what he has done in his coming and in his victory over sin and death, that there is this thing that followers of Jesus get to enjoy for the rest of their lives, and that is a peace that passes all understanding. Because because life will happen to all of us, and there will be moments when when the difficulties of our lives go through the roof. And, and oftentimes those are the moments where we can experience true abiding peace in Jesus because we see that he's with us even through that. Um, a, a guy by the name of Horatio, I think I said his name right, but I could be wrong. Horatio G. Spafford knew this really well. He is the one who wrote the hymn, It Is Well. So if, if you don't remember that hymn, maybe many of you do, but here's some of the lyrics from that, that hymn. Hymn, it's got an N. Um, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Now the, the backstory of that hymn is really interesting. So this was back in the 1800s. Horatio was a, a proud um, husband and, and father. Him and his wife um, had five kids and um, things were going really well. He was a, a successful lawyer um, and, and all was, was good. But, but in 1871... Um, tragic struck the Spafford home and um, one of their children um, had had some sickness and ended up passing away. And in that same year also, um, their business, his business, was taken um, in the Chicago fire, their, their building and all of that. And, and so in one year, just things started to fall apart. But then they started to build back up his business and started to get back on their feet with their four kids and, and him and his wife. And, and things were going well. But then in 1873, the, the family decided they were going to go back to Europe to go there for um, the holiday season to visit family. And so um, the, the wife and the four kids ended up having to get on the ocean liner alone because Horatio had to deal with some, uh, some business at, at the business that was unexpected, an unexpected problem that he had to, to deal with. And so uh, the plan was that he was going to get on a different ocean liner to meet them just in a few days after they arrived. So they got on the ocean liner, this, this big ship, and they were on their way to Europe. But um, as they got... Uh, a few days into the journey, um, their, their ship collided with another ship, and that ship was on its way down. The, the mom, she got all of the kids up on the deck and um, was, was just explaining to them uh, what, was, what was happening and then prayed with them and asked God if it would be his will to, to save all of them, but if it's not, then that God would give them the strength to endure whatever was going to happen. And as that ship, 12 minutes later, sunk, 
um, those four little ones uh, passed away as well. And the mom did survive. And there was um, a, a gentleman who had a boat and, and was coming up on the wreckage and um, saw the wife and, and pulled her to safety. And she told that story of what had happened when she got into Europe um, and got got settled. They, she sent a telegram to her husband, Horatio, and said, uh, I, I'm the only one who survived. Please tell me what to do. And so Horatio got on the, the ship and made his way to Europe. And as they were on the journey, the captain of the ship called Horatio into the, into the, the spot where the, he would drive the boat and told him that this is the spot where your family, your kids, went down into the ocean. And it was in that moment when he penned these words to that song, It Is Well. When he said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Now, now the only thing that we can understand to, to, to actually be able to articulate the kind of peace that you would have to have, to be able to say those things, to be able to have that kind of hope, is if your hope is in Jesus. And if you know that because Jesus was victorious, that death is not the end of any of our stories. And, and that is the, the main reason why on this day, on Christmas Day, why we celebrate that uh, God became flesh to dwell among us. That God the Son uh, put on flesh and became a baby in the town of Bethlehem because not just that he came down to be a baby, but because of what he did as he grew up. And so as we look at uh, the Christmas text and, and look at who Jesus is, uh, maybe you find yourself today on Christmas Day not feeling a lot of Christmas peace. Maybe you don't feel like a lot of Christmas joy or Christmas hope or Christmas love. Then I'm, I'm hoping and praying that God would move inside of our hearts today to remind us of the reason why we celebrate today. And maybe you're here today and, and you're here with family or maybe you don't follow Jesus yourself or maybe you've been friendly with Jesus but you've not surrendered to Jesus. I pray that God is going to speak to you in a unique way today. That you'll be able to see the, the reason why, why billions of people all across this world have, have fallen to their knees in worship of the one true king. So if you have a Bible, we're going to jump into a couple of different passages. First, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah, in a passage we've looked at if you've been with us the last few weeks. Isaiah chapter 9. Um, the prophet Isaiah is speaking to the Israelites 600 years before Jesus ever came to earth. And he is giving a prophecy, which is mean that God is speaking through him to tell people about what is going to happen. And Isaiah pins these words in Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verses 6 through 7. He's telling us about what we are going to celebrate and what we celebrate today. So Isaiah chapter 9, um, starting in verse 6, Isaiah says this. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. 
What is Isaiah describing? Isaiah is describing what is to come, what the Israelites were yearning to have happen because they were being led by, by unwise leaders, leaders who were not following after the Lord, and they were uh, dealing with the, the potential and the real present threat of violence. They were dealing with uh, wars and rumors of wars. They were dealing with what was going to come upon them where they were going to be taken over by enemy nations. And they were going to be dispersed across the known world at that time, taken away from their homes, taken away from their, their family, taken away from their community, taken away from their place of worship. And, and Isaiah is speaking on behalf of God to encourage them that there will be a day where things will change. And so they were dealing with unwise leaders, impending violence, and what about for us, though? You know, if we talk about peace, we, we all yearn for peace, right? We don't like seeing wars and, and hearing rumors of wars. And, and yet this uh, amount of time after Jesus has already come, has already gone to the cross and has already resurrected and has already ascended to the throne in heaven, uh, we still deal with wars and rumors of wars. And I want you to understand, Jesus said that is what you can expect. That is what you can expect because he did not come to bring a peace like that. He came to bring a different kind of peace. You know, we may not in this country, in this uh, community, we may not sense the same kind of urgent fear that they did in their time. But, but here's the difference between their time and our time. Uh, their time, they were, they were limited on what they knew about the surrounding area based on what other people knew about the surrounding area. The difference for us is we walk around with these little computers in our pockets. And, and in our day right now, it's not like many of us growing up, right? When, when we, would, we, we, would, we would know about what was happening in the world because it was on one of the few uh, the news stations that everybody got access to. Or because it was in the newspaper, because somebody in the newspaper editor, editorial room um, learned about it and felt like it was something for us to know. We did not know everything that was happening everywhere at every moment of the day. But now, any of us can, can spend a couple of seconds typing in a search or typing in a news station on our phones and we can in, we can fill ourselves up with anxiety about what is happening around the world, can't we? We, we, can, we can listen to stuff that is always going to fill us up with fear and with anxiety. We can go to our phones and we, are, we can see video of violence. We can see video and pictures of violence. We can see all of the things that anyone at any moment in time, anywhere on this earth, could be worried about. And we can allow those things that are far away from us to come into our hearts and invade us. And it's not to say that there aren't things that you should be aware of. That there are things that we should be aware of and we should stay on top of some things. But I will, I will, I will propose to you that all of us were not designed to be able to intake the amount of information that we, that we do. It is too much for our brains and our bodies to comprehend. Because when you have that much data and it just floods you, you don't know what to do with it. But the good news is that Jesus came to be the Prince of Peace. That no matter what it is that we go through, we can have a different kind of peace. Now what is it? He says he, says he will be called a Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. What does that mean? What kind of peace is it that Jesus promised that he would bring? The peace that, that 
that, that Jesus promises comes from the Hebrew word shalom. And, and in Jewish spaces, that is a greeting, but it's also the word for peace. And this kind of peace is holistic. This is the kind of peace that, that the Prince of Peace wants to administer to us. As the Prince of Peace, he is the administrator of peace. So if you want to experience peace, you need to go to the administrator, the one who has access to the peace, to administer it to you. So the peace that he, he, he promises that he's going to bring, it's a peace that is complete, that is whole, that is restful, that is safe, that is tranquil, that is prosperous, that is, that is full and harmonious. It, it, it's a lack of worry, and it's the absence of agitation. Does anyone want some of that kind of peace? That, that sounds like peace that can pass all understanding, because even when the world is losing their mind, we have a peace that God gives us that we can't necessarily explain, but we understand it because we experience it. That, that's the kind of peace that the Prince of Peace came to administer to us. Think about it. Think about the, the most peaceful moments you've had. Let's, let's say on Christmas Day. I wanna, I'm curious what like your, your best picture of peace could possibly be. Like, like maybe... You, you've got the fireplace with the, with a nice, and, and just for this one moment, right, you've got the wood burning fireplace, uh, because it's got that crackle and that pop. And here's, here's the cool thing at the, in this picture, you don't have to clean it up. Amen, right? So, so keep your gas fireplace, put it to the side. Let's, let's warm it up with some wood. Have that crackle and that pop, that ambiance, right? Maybe for you it's, it's, it's having that. Maybe it's, it's, it's having that and some eggnog or some hot chocolate. Maybe, maybe you've got a Christmas movie on the television set. Maybe you've got a book and a, and a blanket that you're cuddled up with. Or, or maybe it's, it's you and your family surrounded together and, and you're laughing and you're smiling. Maybe it's those moments where you get to see the kids open up those presents and their eyes light up. Because they're so ecstatically excited about what they just got. Or maybe it's those moments when you go back to when you were a kid and you were that kid. You were the one excited about that. We can go to that spot in our minds. Those are, those are peaceful moments that, that Christmas can bring. But those, but those moments we all know, right? Those, those are moments, right? Because as soon as we get settled, there's going to be something else happening. Uncle Eddie is going to show up. Right? He's going to show up. He didn't even warn us. So, something's going to happen that's going to change the dynamic. December 26th will come. That, that space, that emptiness of the space between Christmas and New Year's, that will be what we experience. And then we, we start thinking, okay, what did I accomplish this year? Maybe you're like this. What did I not accomplish? What did I hope I would do that I didn't do? And maybe you can go into that space where you fill yourself up with anxiety. And, and yet, you know, in those moments, maybe you, because you've got a level of addiction, you, you, you pull this out, you look at the phone, and then you're reminded of all the reasons why you want to stop picking it up. Right? Because those peaceful moments are fleeting. You see, the world tells us um, the way to find peace, a, a variety of ways. 
The world tells us that the way you can find peace, one of the ways is to practice mindfulness and meditation. And while those things are, um, you know, nice ideas, the idea with that is that in, in a world full of all of, uh, 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 filled with worries and anxieties and, and things to be stressed out about, is to sit and try and empty your minds of all the things that are worrying you, right? To empty your minds. But the thing is, the, 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 the thing that you want, if you empty your mind, you will not be filled with peace. You will just have an empty mind. See, what, what Christ promises and offers to us is not to be emptied of all the things that are bad in this world, but to be filled with his peace that passes all understanding. That, that there will be things that we go through that will be too much for us to handle. But we have a God who is in heaven who offers us his peace that we can go to and receive Every moment of the day. And, and here's, here's the other thing. Not only does the world get this wrong, but religion does too. Religion will say the way you can find peace is to try harder, to do better, and to try and reach to a point where hopefully you did enough stuff that was good that by the time you get to the end of your days and you breathe your last breath and you go before the throne room in heaven that you at least hopefully uh, outweighed all of the bad things with the good things that you did and hopefully God will have mercy on you. That is what religion oftentimes teaches and many people who are in church believe that to be the case. That the way to find peace, because all of us want eternal peace, because we were created with eternity in our hearts, that the way we find that is to do good, to be a good person. And I'm here to say that that is a lie from the pit of hell, because you and I would be, would be striving for something that we cannot reach. But the peace that Jesus offers is the fact that he did what needed to be done so that we could have peace with God because not of what we did, but because of what he did. Not because of what we accomplished, but because of what he accomplished on the cross. See, our most fundamental problem in our, in our lives is whether or not we have peace with God. Because if we don't have peace with God, if we don't have vertical peace, we have no chance of having internal peace. But when we get vertical peace with the God who created us, then we have an opportunity to receive and live out the internal peace that he gives us as he shapes us and indwells us by the Holy Spirit. And, and this is good news for us because of what else that Isaiah says. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Jesus is the one who accomplishes the peace that you need with God. He, he is the one who accomplished it, not you. The only response that you and I can have to God to receive that kind of peace is to surrender to him. It's to surrender. Th this is why we celebrate. See, Jesus came near. Luke chapter 2, this is what the scriptures say about that, that day. That we celebrate today, Christmas Day, Luke chapter 2, a passage that many of you have heard. It says this, verse 1, Luke records, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. The first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David. Ladies, think about this. You're pregnant. And you ain't got a car, you ain't got a minivan. 
but, but the, the government says, hey, you got to go back to your hometown to be registered, and y'all got to walk. Pregnant. Not ideal, right? Not ideal, and yet that is where you are going. So it's in the midst of those struggles that something magical happens. Verse 5, to be registered along with Mary who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a mangy because there was no guest room available for them. Uh, Luke records that, that she gave birth to this firstborn son. Matthew tells us that the angel told Joseph to name the child Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Y'all, this is God entering into our mess to dwell among us, to pull us out of the mess that we created so that we could enjoy a relationship with him. He is the one who did it. He is the one who accomplished it. And this is good news because time with Jesus... It is, is time well spent. Think, think, think about some of the, the most warm and hospitable people that you have in your life. Think about those places you love to go, those houses you love to go, those people you love to be with. Those relationships that are warm and welcoming. You never have to feel like you've got to try to be on your game. You can just be with them. Growing up, um, one of the things that I got to do on the day after Christmas, I think I've told this uh, to you before, but I went to, down to Richmond, Indiana with my, my dad and my uh, grandmother uh, on my dad's side down to my mama and papa's house. They're my great-grandparents. And they lived in Richmond, Indiana. And their house was the place to be. As a kid, y'all, it was just the most wonderfully amazing place to go. It was welcoming. Like when you wake up, there's breakfast already being cooked and they have these warming blankets. I've told you about these things. I think some of you might remember they're like electrical warming uh, blanket beds. So like you get in the bed, it's nice and warm and cozy. Like today I'd sweat my face off, but you know, back as a kid, it was amazing. Right. Um, and, and, and the, the, the breakfast, the, the food, the, the house was just decorated and amazing. The, the family was able to be there together and we got to open up presents on the day after Christmas. It was like amazing. We get to do it all over again. Uh, the, the, the stockings and all of that, the meals together. It was just one of those places with people around you where you just were so glad that you were there. You were so glad you were with them. And that as a kid, when I was there, no worries at all. No worries. Even though I would only go there a couple of times a year as I got older, no worries there. Because I knew everyone else had taken care of it. You know, the, the cool thing about the, the, the fact that Jesus came and did what he did, because Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, went to the cross to pay the payment for us because we sinned against the holy God and that uh, requires an infinite punishment and Jesus went to the cross to pay that infinite punishment that he could accomplish because he is the infinite God and on that cross he died that, that, that death for you, went down into death, defeated death, was risen to life with the keys of Hades in his hands and went up to the heavenly throne room and is there reigning and ruling. So what he accomplished for each and every one of us was access, opportunity to have peace with God. 
because the payment has been made. Our, our, our guilty verdict, that, that, that sentence has been served on our behalf by Jesus. And he didn't stop there, though. He didn't just save us from our sins, but he indwelled us by the Holy Spirit. So God himself is with you. And because of that, it changes everything. Because now, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, Jesus is with you. And, and Jesus is peace. Jesus is love. Jesus is joy. Jesus is hope. Jesus is steady. He does not change. He's always good all the time. He doesn't have a bad day. He doesn't have those moments when you, you're like, oh, I guess I shouldn't have called right now because he's having a bad day. I guess I shouldn't have come over because he's having a bad day. He's always good, always right, and always the one who can bring you peace because he's the prince of peace. So, so friends, receive his peace. Jesus is the benevolent administrator of peace. Let him administer his peace to you. He's the one who holds it in his hands. And he's got it freely to give. He wrapped up a present for you. And the present was peace with God. And he offers it to each and every one of us. The thing is, each one of us need to take the moment to open up the gift. To open up the gift. And then once you do open up the gift, because I know many of you have opened up that gift, then in order to enjoy his peace each and every day of your life, there's at least three things we can do to go to Jesus for peace, no matter what it is that we're going through. So I want to just show you those three things. Three things you can do to go to Jesus for peace. Number one, remember his power through meditating on his word. Remember his power through meditating on his word. I am so big on this, and I know that you know that. One of our, our first core step here at FCC is to read the Bible. A core step is just one of the things that we can do to draw closer to Jesus, to be able to grow in our relationship with God. Remember his power through meditating on his word. If you're going through a, a, a moment right now where you're lacking peace, go back to his word to remember who he is. Okay, yes, I know that I'm going through this, and I might be looking at this thing far more than I'm uh, focusing on Jesus. And Because if I was focused on Jesus, I remember that He is a mighty God. He is the eternal Father. He is, he is the Prince of Peace. He is the Wonderful Counselor. If I'm going through something I don't know what to do, I can go to Him. He's the Wonderful Counselor. His counseling sessions are wonderful. And we can go to Him about it. Remember His power through meditating on His Word. Number two, get real with Him through prayer. Some of us, we've not taken the time to really uncover what's going, in our, going, in, going on in our hearts. And if we're not taking time to, to, to uncover what's in our hearts, then we're not going to allow Jesus to invade that space. Sometimes, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I need someone else to say, Hey, it seems like you're not doing okay, before I recognize it in myself. Because I'm used to just pushing through, to just going on to the next thing, and to the next thing, and to the next thing. But it's when we get to those moments where we get real and raw with God in prayer that we open up our hearts to Him so that He can heal us of those wounds that plague us. So get real with God through prayer. Number three, remind yourself of the blessings He has given you. If you want to experience some peace, 
then write down the things that you are grateful for that God has provided for you. Gratitude has a way to bring us joy and peace and assurance that God has been moving and he will still move now. That he's still working. And in those moments in the past when we remembered that we were struggling, he was even working then too. When we didn't know where to go, he was working upstream to guide us on where to go. If we just listen. And, and as we go to Jesus as the source of our peace, then I believe that more and more in our hearts we'll be able to, rec- to, to, to resonate with the words that Horatio penned as he was going over the sea where his family, where his children breathed their last. That even though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, even though tragedy strikes, even though in 2023 things might get hard at moments, even though those moments are hard, that you can have the kind of assurance of peace that God has allowed you to have through Jesus, that you have vertical peace, that because of that vertical peace you can have internal peace, that you can have moments where you say, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, where they're overwhelming, Whatever my lot, whatever happens, the good and the bad, the ugly and the beautiful, whatever it is, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, God, you've taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Or we could say it this way, it is well because the Prince of Peace has come and y'all, he has won. This Christmas, don't just remember that Jesus was born in a manger in Bethlehem, but remember that he sits presently on a throne in heaven. That there will be a day where he remakes and renews everything, including you. And that kind of peace that you have with God, when you breathe your last, you're going to be able to enjoy the presence of God forever because of what Jesus accomplished for you. That is why we celebrate today. That is why we remember the day of Christmas, the day of his his arrival, because that was the day where everything started to change. And as we look at it from this point of view, from this perspective, we remember his victory over sin and death. We remember that he has changed literally everything. So the question is for all of us, is do you know him? Do you know him? Not, 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 not know of him, but do you really know him? Growing up, I, I think I had heard of Jesus, but I didn't know him. We celebrated Christmas, but I didn't know the reason. Do you know him? And friend, I I know like many of you would say, yes, I know him. Have you been drawn near to him through the trial? Have you been drawn near to him in the midst of that seasonal sadness? Have you been drawn near to him through the, through the, 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 the news you're anticipating or hoping it doesn't come? Have you been drawn near to him? No matter what it is that you go through, have you been drawn near? And I'd encourage you to do so. If you don't know him, let's talk. Because he is the one, the reason why you were created is to know him. That's the very reason you were born is to know God. So church, Jesus brought himself as a gift. And so if you have your communion, we're going we're gonna to open up that gift and remember the fact that he came and by his wounds we were healed. That, that because he did what he did, 
He made peace with his blood on the cross. That is why we take communion is because we remember that I don't have the ability to save myself. But because Jesus came, I've got peace with God. So if you're new to this, there's two layers. The top is the, is the bread that will get you or is that will get you to the bread which represents Jesus' body on the night of his betrayal before he was arrested and later crucified. Jesus told the disciples, hey, do this in remembrance of me. That, that you should remember what is about to happen by, by, by whenever you gather and take of this bread. This is my body broken for you. And do this in remembrance of me. And then he said, he took the cup and he gave it to them. And said, this is the cup of the new covenant. The new covenant where God takes things into his own hands and he changes things for you. And he said, whenever you take of this cup, remember what he has done. So here's what we're going to do, church. I'm going to pray. And I want to give you some time to just be with Jesus. Some space to thank him. Maybe, maybe right now you remember what he did. Maybe right now um, you, you, you go to him. And, you, and you, you, you take that time to be raw with him, to be real with him through prayer of what you're struggling with. Or maybe you're struggling and, and you just, you spend that time being grateful for what he's done. Or maybe you do both. Those three things, remember what he's done, get real with him through prayer, and remind yourself of all the blessings he's given you. So let me, let me pray and then we can take this as you're ready. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for sending Jesus to come so that we could have freedom from our sins, from all that plagues us. Freedom from death, freedom from uh, shame and guilt, freedom from the pain, the penalty, ourself. God, thank you for sending Jesus to change absolutely everything for us. Help us to remember the reason for, the, for, for our celebration today. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for, for giving up your life so that we could have abundant life in you. Please hear us as we speak to you and pull to the table with you. Thanks for listening to this podcast by First Church of Christ in Bluffton, Indiana. For more information, visit FCCFamily.com.